you are listening to Alter Echo, a scripture and message podcast of St. John's Lutheran Church, ELCA of Lakeville, Minnesota. Thank you for listening and thank you for worshiping with us. We have two readings for this weekend. The first one is from Ezekiel chapter 18. The word of the Lord came to me. What do you mean by repeating this proverb concerning the land of Israel? parents have eaten sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge. As I live, says the Lord God, this proverb shall no more be used by you in Israel. Know that all lives are mine. The life of the parent as well as the life of the child is mine. It is only the person who sins that shall die. Again, when the wicked turn away from their the wickedness they have committed and do what is lawful and right, they shall save their life, because they considered and turned away from all the transgressions that they had committed. So they shall surely live, they shall not die. Therefore I will judge you, O house of Israel, all of you according to your ways, says the Lord God. Repent and turn from all your transgressions, otherwise iniquity will be your ruin. Cast away from you all the transgressions that you have committed against me, and get yourselves a new heart and a new spirit. Why will you die, O house of Israel? For I have no pleasure in the death of anyone, says the Lord God. Turn then and live. Here ends our reading from Ezekiel. And our second reading uh, for this weekend is from our gospel reading, uh, Matthew, 21st chapter. When Jesus entered the temple, the chief priests and the elders and the of the people came to him as he was teaching and said, By what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? Jesus said to them, I will also ask you one question. If you tell me the answer, then I will also tell you by what authority I do these things. Did the baptism of John come from heaven or was it of human origin? And they argued with one another. If we say from heaven, he will say to us, Why then did you not believe him? But if we say of human origin, we are afraid of the crowd, for all regard John as a prophet. So they answered Jesus, We do not know. And he said to them, Neither will I tell you by what authority I am doing these things. Jesus continues to speak. What do you think? A man had two sons. He went to the first and said, Son, go and work in the vineyard today. He answered, I will not. But later he changed his mind and went. The father went to the second and said the same, and he answered, I go, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father? They said, the first. Jesus said to them, truly I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are going into the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes believed him. And even after you saw it, you did not change your minds and believe him. Turn and live, says the Lord God. And there's nothing more amazing for me than watching cargo ships on Lake Superior. Uh, these ships can be over a thousand feet long and weigh over 250 metric tons. It is amazing these ships can even float considering their size and weight. Plus, they are fast for their size, up to 25 to 30 knots on a calm day. 
amazing considering their size and weight. Their impact is large as well. Their undertow can be felt long after the ship has moved past. But one thing these large cargo ships do not do well is churn. For example, a smaller 500-foot ship needs over a third of a mile to churn around. Moreover, once such a large ship commits to a churn, it will not waver. It is all in. Really big ships may need 5 to 10 miles to churn. Churning a vessel this size takes a lot of training, especially if the channel is narrow. The challenge of churning a large vessel might be the reason I relate to big ships on the open water. When I was in driver's education, the one thing I hated doing was parallel parking. It was, a good ex it was not a good experience then and now. Uh, I will avoid any parallel parking situation. I will drive three blocks away and walk just to avoid parallel parking. Why? Too many churns. I like driving straight roads, not curvy roads. I do not like churning when the space is tight and the chance of hitting another obstacle is high. I do not like churning. This is why I struggle with the end of our Old Testament reading today. Live, says the Lord God. Oh, I get that. I want that. Live and live abundantly. You bet. I'm all in. But that is not the whole sales pitch. Churn and live, says the Lord God. There is that word again. Churn. I do not like to churn. Give me straight and easy. No churning, please. But like it or not, there it is. Churn and live. Maybe I do not like to churn because another name for churn is repent. I do not like that word either. When I hear repent, all I think about are the get-rich television preachers telling me to repent or die. Repent always feels like punishment. But repent really means churn. Turn around and see what you are missing. Turn around and see what a life with God and God's people can give you. New life, new opportunities, new promises, new, new future, new hope. All this lies ahead for you when you turn around and see what a life with God and God's people can give to you. Repentance is like the blue light special at Kmart. For those of you who can remember Kmart, if you do not, ask someone older than yourself. That blue light draws our attention to a better deal, a better life, but not a perfect life, because sometimes life with God and God's people can be a real struggle, especially when we are faced with change. We do not want to turn around. We like things just the way they are. The chief priests and elders struggle with the authority of Jesus. He is a threat to their own authority, their own way of doing things, and they do not like it, and neither do we. Change is hard. It requires us to listen to each other. Who wants to do that? It's easier to yell at each other. Plus, it feels good. Like we are in charge, because we are right and you are wrong. Change requires patience. Patience with others and with ourselves. Hard to do in a world shaped by 30-second sound bites and instant prizes awarded by clicking on the right button. Change is hard because nobody wants to listen. Nobody wants to be patient which is why we do not like to churn. 
but sooner or later you will need to churn. The road is not always straight and level. Churn and live, says the Lord God. So remember the cargo ships I mentioned earlier. Churns for these ships are slow, spacious, and committed. Slow. Churning takes time. Like forgiveness, it is a choice that becomes a process, a lifelong process of churning towards a life with God and God's people. Churning is not quick. It is not easy. It, it is not one decision made on one day. Today I accept Jesus as my Savior. I do not know about you, but every day is the day I accept Jesus. Repeatedly, it is many. Because sometimes decisions are good and sometimes they are not. That is why churning is slow. It is a choice that becomes a daily process of turning back to God and God's people. Kind of like the one son who says no, but then changes his mind. Churning is slow. Spacious. Churning a large cargo ship is a team effort. It takes space and a crew to churn a ship. Communication is crucial to a successful churn. When the crew stops talking to each other, the churn can become dangerous. Like congregations who are no longer talking to each other. Like I said before, change requires patience and listening, skills that do not often come naturally for us. This is why in the church we consider these, these as gifts, not skills. Gifts from a gracious God who wants us to churn and live as God's people in the world today. So churning is always done in community. I cannot churn on my own. I need your help to do that. I need God's help to do that. Because I do not like to churn. I do not like to change, especially when I'm not sure what lies ahead. I get nervous. I get anxious. Kind of like congregational councils faced with the unknown of next year's budget and what that may or may not mean for the congregation. So remember, we are not making this churn as God's people alone. God is with us as we churn together because God wants us to live, not die. Churn and live, says the Lord God. Committed, or in our context, faithful. Hanging in there when the going gets tough is not something we are good at. It is easier to pick up your ball and go home. Go to another church, go to another denomination, go anywhere but here. Also, it is always easier to throw someone else under the bus. Blaming others means we do not have to deal with the change. The chief priests and elders were good at blaming others, especially Jesus. But Easter reminds us that their tactic did not work because God was and is always doing a new thing. There is always a churn at some point in the journey. Church sociologists will tell you that every 500 years, the church faces change, big change, reforming change. And we do not like that, which is odd because Lutherans led the last big change we call the Reformation. Apparently, we are still stuck in that Reformation. Some folks are wondering where we have gone in the face of the Reformation that is before us now. But remember the old joke, how many Lutherans does it take to change a light bulb? None. Lutherans do not change. Yet, something new is the hope of the gospel. That what lies ahead is not more of the same, but something new. Which sounds exciting until you are the one who needs to change. 
then the brakes go on. But when you are churning that big ship in the sea, you cannot do that. Once you are in the churn, you are committed until you are straight again. As we all know, the pandemic has changed us in many and various ways. We are churning. We are not straight away yet. We do not really know what lies ahead other than the fact that it will be different than before. That makes us nervous, better yet anxious. But remember what God promises. When you churn, you live. So churn and live today. God's word is alive in us again, anew, and we get the blessing of being called to let it echo through us, out into the world in which we live. Everyone, if you wish to give your offering now in support of this podcast and of the work and ministry of St. John's Lutheran Church in Lakeville, Minnesota, I invite you to go to our website at sjlcl.org. I'll repeat that for you, sjlcl.org. Up toward the top right, you will see a button that says Give. Click on Give and follow the simple instructions to give your offering. And on behalf of the whole congregation, let me say thank you for giving in support of these ministries. And now, receive a blessing from Kate Bowler from her book, The Lives We Actually Have, This is a blessing called for this ordinary day. Lord, here I am. How strange it is that some days feel like hurricanes and others like glassy seas and others like nothing much at all. Today is a cosmic shrug. My day planner says rather conveniently that I will not need you, cry out for you, reach for you. Ordinarily, I might not think of you at all. Except, if you don't mind, let me notice you. Show up in all the small necessities and everyday graces. God, be bread. Be water. Be laundry. Be the coffee cup in my hands and the reason to calm down in traffic. Be the gentler tone in my insistence today that people pick up after themselves for once. Be the reason I feel loved when I catch my own reflection or feel my own self-loathing fluttering in my stomach. Calm my mind, lift my spirit, make this dumb, ordinary day my prayer of thanks. Amen, and peace be with you, my friends.